Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 134 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. I also hope that you are all feeling the holiday spirit as the days tick down towards Christmas, just a couple of days to go. And I am recording this the day before Christmas Eve and it will be going out on the same day. Now we, in our household, we celebrate Christmas Day on Christmas Eve so we do all of our Christmas dinner including our crackers and party hats and all those kinds of things tomorrow and today is very much preparation day so I've been out in the garden harvesting all of our vegetables for the table I've been harvesting today and yesterday leeks cabbage parsnip swede carrot uh, brussels sprouts and a few other bits that I can't remember and that's going to make up all of our Christmas dinner vegetables. Now our Christmas dinner is going to consist of a turkey as the centrepiece and that's a turkey that was reared about two miles from where I live on a free range site that raises about 30 birds every year and hopefully this will be our last year with a turkey that we've had to buy hopefully next year we'll be raising our own but we're very much settling into our Christmas holidays and I hope you are as well. Today's episode I wanted to look back on 2020 from a sort of personal perspective and just talk about all the things I've learnt and where I am now versus where I was at the start of the year. So As you will probably know, you know, I've been working towards self-sufficiency for almost three years now. And this is, you know, I'm halfway through year three. It would have been two years in the summer. And I think this year, the biggest difference for me has been the fact that I have the outlets that I do, namely the podcast and the YouTube channel. And they've really enabled me to kind of self-reflect, particularly the podcast, because it's made me really learn and dig a little bit deeper into a lot of the principles that I've often espoused and that I genuinely believe in. But I've had to develop a much more thorough understanding of a lot of them and also a much more thorough understanding of where I actually am in my journey and how self-sufficient I am. I think at the start of the year, I was very, very optimistic about the amount of our food that I was actually producing ourselves. I was genuinely under the impression that we were producing a great amount of all the food that we ate and that we could pretty much live self-sufficiently at the flick of a switch. But delving into these issues a little bit deeper, I've realised that's not quite the case. Firstly, a significant portion of what we eat does come from outside of our property but a good deal of that is either foraged or gleaned and gleaning is basically using other people's unwanted products. Uh, Back in the autumn we gleaned a probably four or five sackfuls of potatoes from a field that had been grown by someone else and they were left behind by the you know commercial machinery that harvests the potatoes. So 
While we're not growing quite as much as I possibly thought we were, I still think we could do it and be completely self-sufficient. But I think the sacrifices we would have to make are slightly bigger than I would have believed at the start of the year. And I've come to realise that through having this channel, this outlet, because it's made me think about things like coffee and also a lot of the you know pasta and rice that we eat and currently that's all bought in and the same is said for bread and flour so that's really the area which i think i am least self-sufficient and you know i did a, uh, a youtube video i think or it might even have been a podcast called i don't want to live on potatoes and that was kind of a a realization for me that was a real epiphany when i kind of realized how dependent we would be on potatoes if we were 100% self-sufficient and these are all things that have really been brought into focus by these outlets so i thank you all dear listeners and particularly those of you who find me across multiple media here and on youtube for allowing me the platform to kind of really sharpen up my thoughts and opinions and views on where we are. And recently, as an exercise, I've been going through some of our earlier podcasts, and that really kind of brought it home to me when I listen to episode one now, and I think back to that time, and I'm speaking very honestly you know I genuinely believe everything I say and I kind of I can hear now that I was far far too overconfident in just how self-sufficient I was however with that said I still think that it was a valuable episode and that there was lots of good in it so with that said we're going to revisit it here today and I think the stark difference between then and now for me not only insofar as how much I'm aware of what I'm doing, but also in my progression as a broadcaster, I think I'm far more competent now on these uh, podcasts, and I think I've come a long way. So this is a kind of this episode is a, is a an awareness of how far I've come this year and a celebration of that. So I will now step into the time machine and hand you over to Carl from nearly a year ago. So it's really easy for you guys to get in touch. Whatever it is you want to say, whether it's an idea for a future episode or perhaps you've got some feedback on something you've heard me say, I really do love hearing from you. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Now, you can follow the links in the show notes. You can use your phone just by pressing the button in the link and record a voice message that can be played on the show. Alternatively, you can send us an email where we are selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or you can find us via Facebook. But however you choose to do it, I really do love hearing from you guys. Perhaps you'd like to record a voice memo using the regular recording app on your phone and send that via an email. That's another way that I can play it on the show. But please do get in touch. Hello, Carl here from selfsufficienthub.com. Welcome to the first self-sufficient podcast. I've been working towards self-sufficiency for about 18 months now. Some of you may have seen my YouTube videos. If not, please do check them out. And 
I thought now would be a great time to start podcasting, to use this medium as another way to talk about what I'm learning. So what will hopefully be daily podcasts, we're going to be able to go into some specific items of self-sufficiency and I'm hoping to share my journey with you guys as I learn from doing. So what I thought we'd start with is food security because as we've seen in these recent days and weeks with the COVID-19 pandemic that's swept the globe so many people all of a sudden don't have food security and feel insecure they have food insecurity and that's what's led to the runs on the supermarkets and people stockpiling well I'm very fortunate we haven't had to do that we produce almost all of our food here at our home and we certainly can produce all our food so we can choose to live off what we produce rather than buy some things from the supermarket which we obviously usually used to do. So I wanted to talk about how you can look towards becoming more self-sufficient and developing your own food security. So I look at food security very simply broken down into three different categories. Firstly is plants, plants I can grow, uh, but also foraging. The second one is meat, so meat that I can raise. And the third one is dairy and eggs. So I'm going to very quickly just talk about each of those three categories. And then over the coming days and weeks, we'll obviously go into them in much more detail and lots of other things. So firstly, plants. One thing, if you're panicking right now and you're not sure what the future looks like and you're nervous and you're worried you've missed the boat, you haven't. It's spring. It's the perfect time to be putting your plants in. Now, obviously, I'm in the UK and we're still not quite out of the, the risk of frost yet. So there's still some seeds I can't plant. So you haven't missed the boat. You've got plenty of time. Get on and get yourself a vegetable bed. You won't regret it. And I can ensure, assure you that any mistakes you make, you'll learn more from those mistakes than you will by not trying. So just get out and give it a go. It's definitely worth it. But the the, the first really simple step everyone can do is plant some vegetables. Now, what I did when I first grew a vegetable bed is I sat down and made a list of all the vegetables I could think of. And I basically went for things that my family eats a lot of, but also things that are super easy to grow. So beetroot's a good example. No, we didn't really eat beetroot in our family, but it's super easy to grow. So we grew some and now it's a firm favourite. People, you know, all my kids love it. We love it in salads. We love it cooked. So do try a few new things, but just do your own research and find the things that are easy to grow in your area and find the things that your family love and get them in. Now, potatoes are one of the staples for us. We eat quite a lot of potatoes and in the coming weeks and months, we might be substituting a lot of our cereal and pasta and that kind of thing for potatoes because it's the one thing we can grow here. We can't grow our own cereal or at least we're not geared up to do that just yet. So 
I strongly suggest that you include potatoes in your list. They're super easy to grow. And hang around for the end of this podcast for a really top tip on potatoes. So beans are really easy. Beetroot's really easy. If you've got a greenhouse or a polytunnel, tomatoes are really easy. You can also grow tomatoes on a windowsill inside. So get yourself some seeds in. It's not too late. I promise you won't regret it. Please get them in. Second thing, we've spoke about plants briefly. I also do quite a bit of foraging. So I forage for mushrooms. I forage for all sorts of salad greens. And then when the season's right a bit later, it'll be fruit, berries, nuts. Please check out the upcoming podcasts around that time of year because we'll be covering all of those things in much more detail. I've also got lots of videos on YouTube covering a lot of my mushroom foraging. So apart from plants, the next thing on my list was meat. Now, there are three animals I raise here. Two of them are not really for meat, but meat is a byproduct, and one of them is specifically for meat. So I'm going to go through them. Pigs is one I raise for meat. So we until very recently what we do is we buy two or three piglets a year and we raise them here on our property and then we slaughter butcher them and then they go in the freezer and two to three pigs a year is about right for our needs however what we're going to do in future and i was speaking to my wife about this just yesterday and we've made this decision in the last 24 hours we're not going to be bringing in piglets anymore we're going to keep one of our gilt the female pigs and we're going to breed her we're going to keep a male and a female and we're going to breed our own pigs because it is slightly more work means we're going to have to keep two pigs over winter which we don't normally do but i think for food security it makes so much more sense than buying in piglets every year so i recommend pigs two reasons i recommend pigs one is there are lots of ways that you can make up their food costs from next to nothing you don't need to buy a lot of pig food you can make it up from lots of other ways i'll go into that in a lot more detail on another episode and the other reason is they're very very respectful of a one strand electric fence so they're really easy to contain pigs are super smart and once they know where the fence is that's it they won't go near it the next animal is goats now, goats we keep predominantly for dairy, but a byproduct of the dairy is obviously meat. So every year our milking goats are bred and the kids will either go on to replace someone in the milking herd or they will go to meat. And then the third animal is chickens. Now, again, we breed chickens for eggs, but the byproduct of breeding for eggs is you get a fair amount of cockbirds which again we raise up and that is again meat for the freezer a small way i supplement this is taking pheasants and also fish and we have crayfish in the river so i trap crayfish so there's a, a few other ways that we we gain meat for our freezer um, but across the board we're very much self-sufficient on meat the final category was dairy and eggs. Now, dairy and eggs are covered by what I believe are the first two animals you should get if you're considering 
going down the animal route for self-sufficiency. The first one is chickens. Chickens should be everyone's first animal. They're so easy to look after. Three hens in the back garden are going to produce maybe 10 to 15 eggs a day, unless they're a real egg-laying breed. And then you might get, sorry, did I say 10 to 15 eggs a day? I meant 10 to 15 eggs a week. But if they are a super egg-laying breed, you might get as many as 20 eggs a week. So that's eggs for a family taken care of. They're great pets. They're great for kids. They're really easy to breed. They're fun to have around. And of course, if you're going to breed them, then you've got the byproduct of the meat as well. The second animal that I recommend for anyone looking at going into self-sufficiency is goats. And that's because milking goats, they produce tons of milk, far more. If you have two milking goats, you're going to be producing far more milk than a family needs if they're a decent milking variety. And that enables you to produce cheese, butter, cream, ice cream, all those things. So we're completely egg and dairy self-sufficient. So that's my first thoughts on becoming self-sufficient with regards to food security. Get yourself a vegetable garden. You really must do that. If you've only got a tiny outdoor space, get a little run, get some hens in it. They don't need much space. And that puts you significantly further ahead than 95% of the population. So it's not too late. Everyone should take stock, think about where they are and what they can do to look after their families and feel more secure about where their food's coming from, not just today or tomorrow, but into the future. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. If you find these podcasts valuable, there's several ways you can support them. Um, The easiest way is to leave a review wherever it is you get your podcasts. Also, please share it, tell a friend. If you can get one person to hear this podcast that otherwise wouldn't have, that really is a great help. Feel free to write about it online or include it in your blog or anything you do online. Any support you can give us is very, very appreciated. Now, as promised, today's quick top tip, potatoes. Don't ever throw out the potatoes you've bought from the supermarket because they've gone over. When you see them sprouting, those sprouts are actually the potato trying to do you a favour and grow you about 10 more potatoes. All you do is you take that potato when it's at that stage, rather than what most people would do, which is throw it in the bin, you put it in the ground, You come back six months later, boom, more potatoes. You never need to throw potatoes away. So the only difference between seed potatoes that you'd buy at a garden centre for quite a lot of money and the potatoes in your kitchen that have started sprouting is that seed potatoes are slightly better in one respect. They have been sort of quality tested to make sure that they're free of blight and they're not going to give you any problems in the garden etc 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 however i've been growing potatoes from supermarket gone over potatoes for years with no ill effects so don't throw those potatoes out they're trying to grow you more let them do it if you find this podcast valuable 
there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.